All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a potty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. How about that, Scott? Scott Weeby. Brian Shesko. Dave, Dave, what was that? Oh, how do you like that? That was excellent. That Man. was excellent. That is, was fun to do. It was a little trip down memory lane because I don't remember any of that. It, yes, it, you do. It's funny yes, though. Do. I don't. Ever, I don't remember the the Pollo Ranchero. I hope nobody tunes out because they don't know what they started listening to. That's true. There were a lot of people who were like, "Wait a minute, what pocket? Wait, it's going to be polarizing." Yeah, it, you're either yeah. going to go one way or the other, right? Yeah, maybe you could easily listen to that and go, uh, "I want none of, no part of this." I just want to know how many hundreds of hours it took to find that one clip of me yelling about an arm ball. <laughs> I never yell like that out of passion. I know uh, that's so rare for me to do. It was fantastic. The fact I- that you went back and found that is—it's just—it's uh, a—it's a—it's. It's a dedication to your craft there, Dave, that you were able to find that. Well, thank I appreciate that. I feel like I'm getting way more credit than, than should be deserved. I kind of lucked into most of that. So. Well, hey. I'll take it. We've we've brought our podcast into the year 2019 yep. with a new intro. Hope hey, you and, that, it too. and that song's ours. We, a good friend of the pod, Adam Lancaster, made that song specifically thank for you, us. Thank you, Adam. That's excellent. So props to him out of his own giving and time, making that for us. 100%. We made something else this past week as well. Yes. We did not have a podcast episode that aired last week. Nope. Uh, well, during that time, what we did instead was we, we did some business. Did some business. Business time. What was that? Yeah. Well, I know what you're talking about. The business highlight of that time. business was the launching earlier this weekend of our Patreon page. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Sponsor uh, us. Well, people can oh, now. You actually, actually, yes, actually, I, actually yes, absolutely I mean that. can. Patreon.com slash FSFC. That is where you can find our page specifically. On that page, you can take a look at our intro video that we made last week. We were definitely three audio podcast hosts creating a video with that particular video. You know, the more I thought about that video afterwards, the more okay with it I was. Really? Yeah. I was going the other direction. Oh, okay. Hey, great. we were fish out of water, man. <laughs> he has a little rough. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, it Brian, is- by far, was the best in the video. Well, he said the least. Well, also, all, we, once we finally got past Dave screaming, don't stop looking at me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't look at me. Yeah, sure. that's right. It's true. We had to edit all those parts out. 
No, but we, we created that video. It's part of the page. You can see us. You can hear us just like you are right now. And you can support us. Yeah. So on that page, patreon.com slash FSFC, it gives you an option to support us with a monthly donation. We have four different tiers, all of them named after different recurring segments on our podcast. And uh, each tier provides benefits to you as a listener of our podcast. For example, there's a at our first tier, uh, you'll get mentioned at the end of our podcast. When we're closing things down, we're going to make it a point to make mention of all of our supporters That's one right. episode at a time. We want to make sure that we give public uh, praise and thanks for what your donations mean to us. And so that's what the first tier will provide. At the second tier, we're going to create, and this is going to be for next season now, but we're going to create a points per pound resource that will take each player's price, each player's points for each game week played, and we'll create an extensive resource that only you at that tier will have access to, along wow. with obviously us. Yeah. And then uh, we have a tier where you're going to get invited into our Slack workspace where you can see all the crazy, witty banter that we have throughout the entire week, not just one time per week on this right. podcast. Right. And there will also be an Ask the Hosts channel on there where you can get advice just for you from us That's right. for your FPL lineup. And then at the highest tier, we've got the ability for you to have your segment of choice on our podcast basically dedicated or, or crafted for you. So if that means you want to be... Pick the know, topic? Yeah, you get to pick the segment wow. and, and how you want your yourself built into that. You know, if you want the Wasteful Player of the Week award named after you for a particular week, or if you want to earn the award for some reason, um, you know, let us know that and we'll do that. You want me to write a limerick about your name, I can try to do that as long as... There are rhymes that are available for that name. Sure. Uh, you know, you want you want to receive the fantasy half point. We'll come up with a reason for you to receive that. Whatever segment you want it to be, it will be yours for being our, our highest possible supporter of our podcast. I don't know if I'm entirely comfortable with that, but it sounds awesome. And if you want Brian J to say your name, how to yes. say it Brian J, we can do that too. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. Wow, oh, well done, great. Brian. Yeah. Also, and look, and and I want to asterisk all of those mm -hmm. because I want there to be the availability to add to each of the tiers. Sure. Like, you're not going to be locked into that because I personally am going to be adding to that last tier a, fan a, a Fantasy Soccer FC t-shirt. We've talked about t-shirt ideas on episodes and, past. And I know, and again, we're growing. And yeah, I literally yeah. hope by this summer to have at least four or five options, maybe more. And if, if, if you are our highest tier supporter, I will easily, easily get you a t-shirt right. of your choice at least one and if that's something you know, giving to our patreon page and, and donating through our page that we're talking about if that's not of interest to you on a monthly basis you want to do a one-time donation we're happy to do that you can go to our website on the contact page fantasysoccerfc.com and you have that option already built in there to donate to our podcast we've been doing this now for three years I think we're starting our third year. Okay, so Feels two, like that. two plus years in. Yeah. And uh, we've been doing it for essentially free to this point because we love it. We, we truly do. We, we, sure. we would continue to do this probably for free as a that, fun thing. That is fact. Yes. We really would. It was only really, I don't know, some people reached out to us and said, hey, can we support you in a way? It's true. And so we said, well, sure, let's make that happen. Yep. Upon request, we've made that possible and uh, and obviously we we are, are grateful for anything that uh, anyone would want to send our way. So anyway, enough about that. 
patreon.com slash FSFC if you are interested. But in the meantime, let's get to what we're good at, shall mm-hmm. we? FSFC, or Fist Face. <laughs> let's what? get on to what we're doing tonight. All the FPL talk, plus some more from Game Week 27. We are sitting here on Sunday night. Game Week 27 has just concluded. We're going to discuss all of the FPL-relevant items. But for the fact that it was a Carabao Cup-shortened game week, there sure is an abundance of storylines to discuss as well. So we've got a a fully loaded podcast ready for you. And guys, just so you know, in addition to the Game Week 27 Dream Team, we're going to look ahead to Game Week 28, which is in the midweek. Don't be caught off guard by that. That's in the middle of this coming week. Uh, So it's coming fast. I'm going to throw in something called Time to sell? Mm. Question mark. Oh, mm. Is this a new segment? Well, I came up with three names of guys we've talked about a lot yeah. this season. I'm going to ask you guys if it's time to sell okay. any of these three players. I like new game shows. So that's coming up here, in addition to all of the regular segments we like to put together. So as Brian said, let's get on to it. Let's start in the sexiest place possible, Dave. Ooh. Defense. Yes. Defense. Ask me, Scott, how many points my fantasy team scored this week because no one will care. Dave, how many points did your fantasy team score this week? 58. That's pretty good. Very proud of that, especially when the league average was 35. It was only good enough for second place in our league, though. Mm. Brian J. Mm. Chesco, first place. This week, 65 points. Well done, Brian. Yeah, who is now the new mini-league leader. Yep. For he's, now. He's been chasing down first place for a while. I, anyways, back to me, because it all revolves around me. <laughs> yep. What were you, first what place were you Brian, talking about? First place, Brian. Who cares about him? That's right. Um, it's a long season. Brian had the same theme that I did. Is We, we both had good weeks, but we, we did it with our defense. I had... Largely, yes. For the most part. Yep. We did it different ways, and again, Brian did better than I, but I had Allison. Ten points. Kolasinitz, mm-hmm. eight points. Doherty, five. Yep. Lejeune, six. Sure. Robertson, eight. Yeah. And then I had Bednarik, but I I, I had no one. choice. Yeah. One. 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 <laughs> I had no choice because my bench was like Aguero and Gross and, you know. All the guys not playing. Ghostman, yes. Ghostman Quainer. Just, by the way, City... I'm so glad you're still calling Quainer, by the way. City, Chelsea, Brighton, Everton did not play. Let's Correct. Get out, let's get that out of the way right now. Right. The other 16 clubs did, and that's why lineups were hard to complete. Uh, the irony of this, and I'm only going to mention this because it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I The rest of my team consisted of five players. Pogba, Son, Salah, Rashford, and Isaac Hayden. Guess who the high scorer was of those five players this week? Uh, Isaac Hayden. Uh, yeah. For sure. So when did you buy Isaac Hayden? Uh, last week. Didn't I you knew- ridicule me for bringing up Isaac Hayden on this podcast about two or three weeks ago? I think I did. Yeah. Listen. Isn't it funny? Isn't play, it funny? Play the tape back. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Two weeks ago, it was Burnley. I bring up Burnley. Dave thinks I'm an idiot. Yeah. That's and true. all of a sudden, last week, all or two weeks, the last pod, all he wants to do is talk about, oh, Burnley. They're good now. <laughs> you know, just prior to that, Isaac Hayden. Who brought Isaac Hayden up? You did. Thank you. And now who, who actually owns him and is benefiting from this? I do. So you deserve the credit for that. I just want to point out that whoever I'm about to bring up on this week's podcast sure. that you 
don't like yeah. is going to be the guy you want to bring into your lineup next week. So, listen. Yeah, sorry. I just had to get the back. You've said this before. This, this is a rough season. I'm I'm, I'm getting the, <laughs> I'm getting this up. I feel like Mauricio Pochettino right now facing down Mike Dean. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. Hey, you've brought this up before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... When we listen back to the pod, I learn a we lot. actually <laughs> learn more than when we're doing it. It's so true. I got to believe that in the back of my mind, so he, here's the deal. I, I sold Hazard because I knew he wasn't playing this week, and then I wasn't crazy about the next two matchups upcoming. And I, decide, I, and I wanted to bank a bunch of money because I didn't know if I wanted to go to Sterling or, or what. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of keep it cheap. Keep your options open. And so the cheapest, best guy I found available – Isaac Hayden. And then I saw the schedule upcoming, and I'm like, good Lord. Which Brian's been saying since, like, I know. Brian's been pounding on that, too. So what I also did was, last minute, surprise, Aaron Wan-Bissaka out. Oh, yeah. Right? That hurt. So all of a sudden, and and I don't have any bench players. So I'm, because of the the blanks for some of my players this week. Smaller week, yep. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? So I decided to bring in Lejeune for a minus four. And the only way, I mean, it's funny, like, the only way that works is if they get a clean sheet or Lejeune yep. somehow scores, and I wasn't planning on that. So, technically, I only got, he only got two points for me. But I bring that up to say this. I sent Brian a text. I said, zero is greater than a minus four, right? So, in other words, like, if my guy scores zero and I don't do a transfer, I'm better off not doing the transfer. That's right. So, if... Any if and and my answer was yes, zero is greater than. <laughs> I love how he had to check with you on that. Minus two or minus four. Yeah, yeah. Really, any minus number. Brian, Brian is I less really wish you had zero. said no, no, no. Minus four is greater. And just, right. Just seeing how that would have messed up his week. I say that because people going into the next six weeks or more, mm-hmm. everyone's gonna come up against using that minus four or minus eight, yeah. and. I'm just telling you, be we know guys, careful. We know, we know players who are already planning a minus eight for the midweek. I know that. Yeah. And and I you got to nail it. If you don't nail it, it's just going to be punishing you. And so if you don't... It's just going to be punishing you. It's just going to be really, really bad. So yeah, be careful. But let's bring this back because there are three defenses in particular that you wanted to ask about. Not just Florian Lejeune, although I'm glad you, you got that one right. Yeah. But... Specifically, three of the big six right now. You've got Liverpool. Yeah. Clean sheet this week. United, also a clean sheet this right. week. And Arsenal. It's really bizarre, right? So a couple weeks ago. Is it bizarre or is it just time to go back to the defense again? You know, the, the fantasy season is that field of wheat that just kind of blows back and forth mm. as the times of, you know, winds of change happen. And, yep. and, I think for the last, I don't know, five, six weeks, you weren't really f- trying to get clean sheets. It didn't seem like many were coming along. Right. For whatever reason, whether it's the schedules opened up or the teams are kind of tightening down a little bit, that I think that going out, some of the top six clubs, I think Liverpool's defense is going to start coming back to be good again. Okay. I think United's defense is going to, it's going to come back around and, and be I good again. I really regret not getting Victor Lindelof about a month and a half. Wasn't that crazy? Ago. Well, he was he was almost, I don't remember what he was, but he was really low. Yeah, he's in the fours, I think. Maybe, yeah. maybe he's up to five, maybe. 
we'll have to check that out here as we're talking. But yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys when every week that passes, you're like, why don't I have that guy yet? He's 5-0 now. Okay. But I guarantee you that six, seven weeks ago, he was probably at least a 4-7. He was as low as four eight. Yeah. Okay. So you could have done that five weeks ago. It, but it's that type of stuff that makes me. It it make like yeah. Today's result: United blanking Liverpool, and Liverpool blanking United. Mm -hmm. Both. Both teams offensively being blanking upset. Oh, understood. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. But both teams coming into this look, you know, were offensively doing very well. And then neither of them do well today, for the most part. And the defenses stand up tall. Well, Scott, you said, I mean, the question about Allison whenever Liverpool had had one clean sheet in six weeks. I mean, we were, like uh, anyone else, we were all asking that question. Anybody who had him was, was wondering, hey, is this a sign of things to come? Is Allison too expensive? And I think the last two weeks... We said... Show you this is exactly why... Stay the course. That's right. It's probably worth it to stay the course. Yes, for Now, sure. if you were going to do this um, maybe in the, uh, March, the end of March with Liverpool, where they play Spurs, Saints, and Chelsea in three... You know, that's their th- match, three-match stretch from the, you know, in the end of March until the second week of April... Maybe even then, though, you, hold, it, you say the course. That's what your that's what your backup goalkeeper is for. Play a matchup with your second right. goalkeeper. Otherwise, I mean, you, you would want to have you want Allison to against Southampton. That's mm-hmm. a that is exactly the kind of matchup you want for him. No so, yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily expecting uh, nothing. I also wouldn't, like, I'm sure Manchester United fans, I was not expecting there to be three substitutes for Manchester United <laughs> in the first the, half before the 25-minute mark. Amazing. Um, so, no, I, this, I, what happened this, like, Andy Robertson is, I feel like, in a lot of ways the same. Like, you're not doing anything with him. No. And, and it would be better for you to at least play the odds on them being a tight, organized defensive unit than it is to say I'm going to try to play matchup roulette here. Andy Robertson, bonus points again this week, by the way. And if you wanted to do that with David De Gea at this point, I can't criticize you going back to United. Victor Lindelof, we already mentioned. Even Luke Shaw. These three guys are going to play just Mm -hmm. like Allison and Robertson and Virgil are going to play in Liverpool's defense. United's third clean sheet in a row. Exactly. But now, Dave, you want to add a third defense into this from the top six. You want to talk about Arsenal's defense. Embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to even mention it because it doesn't sit like why they've been a they have been leaking goals all year. But for whatever reason here recently, they do seem to tighten up a little bit. And or it's probably no coincidence that their schedule has lightened up a little bit as well. For the last two weeks, they played Huddersfield and Southampton. That's right. Obviously, they got the weird Cole Sheenis disaster, <laughs> own goal, not really own goal. Well documented on this podcast. Do you want to update on that, Dave? Uh, no, because it, it, it... They it changed was, the goal. Yes. It wasn't actually a Cole Sheenis own goal. But because the FPL scores had already locked... That's correct. You still don't get your 10 points back. They're not giving me my 10 points that I deserve. I really hope you don't lose Asterisk season. Yeah, if I hope I could, you don't lose the league by eight. If I could play the that losing horn that is always on the price is right, I would play that so hard <laughs> right now. 
that? No, no that's not it. No. But that one works. But that is also good. But okay, so who on Arsenal do you feel secure enough to go to? Well, Kolasinac. Are nope. his last five are six, five, one, two, and eight. Yeah, and the one and two were City, and then the and weird the one in Like he yeah. would have, he was in line for twelve that yeah. match, right? Today, well, Lacazette missed a shot on the six yard box line. No one saw it because everyone was watching United Liverpool except for me. <laughs> Actually, I was watching both. All, in all fairness, Kolasinac could have shot himself. Could have been selfish. He didn't at about the eight-yard line, and he did a little dink pass to Lacazette, who then skied it somehow over the goal. He should have at least had an assist today. Here's what's frustrating for me looking at the past six weeks of Arsenal Football Club football. If you are buying Kolasinets, you are buying him for matches like Fulham in Week 21. He gets an assist. He gets two bonus points. You're thrilled, but you're also mad because they concede one goal to Fulham at home. Then you say, it's fine. They got West Ham next. We should be able to. We're better than West Ham. We should be able to do this. And they lose 1-0. And you get nothing from Kolasinic. You get a yellow card from him. So you only get one. Then you say, I'm not playing him against Chelsea. They just, they just <laughs> lost at West Ham. That's right. And then they win at home 2-0. He scores six points. And gets you a six. Then you're like, yes, well, now they're back on track. And I, now I get Cardiff. And then he gets an assist, but they concede another goal to Cardiff. And then you then you say, there's no way I'm playing for Manchester City. And you are right to bench him there. Sure. And then you say, but that's okay, because they got Huddersfield and Southampton next. And they give up a goal to Huddersfield. Yeah. And then he gets the own goal. So it's like the double whammy. Sure. You're yeah. screwed. So this is the first time I bought Kolasinets for this week. Kolasinach. Yeah. I Eight bought points. him for... He was my substitute for Holobos. Yeah. For this week. Well done. Happy to make that. Are move. you selling him? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Am I counting on them keeping a clean sheet at home against the against the cherries? Not a, a million years. Right. And then the two weeks after that, I don't know. I, I agree. Because then, because then you got Spurs, United, and nothing. It's in true. Three consecutive weeks. That's true. After that, yes. Welcome back, Sayad. Right. Because then you you get a nice end of season run here. I it just feels like that they they might have a chance to kind of grab or finish up the year how they started, which was kind of kind of red hot. You Dave, you are saying no on. There's no way you're spending five almost five and a half dollars on Kashoni. No, no, no way. You're not buying Nacho back. No, and you don't want Socrates. You don't want Mustafi. You're not spending. If you're going to spend $5 for an Arsenal defender, there's not one person on this roster that you can possibly count on other than Kolasinets. Yes, I would okay. agree with that. That's I feel like that is straightforward and easy, but I just want that to be the formal statement of the fist face. One more thing <laughs> with the defenders. One more team I want to mention, Scott. All right. And it's going to sound bananas. Okay. But I want to bring up Newcastle. Okay. Wait. What? Dave. What? I mean. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Okay. Fine. Do it. All right. What about Newcastle? I want to bring up the fact that Newcastle this week had a clean sheet. Okay. And you're like, come on, Dave. The last time they had a clean sheet was like six, six weeks ago. Yeah. Plus, they didn't play a Premier League club. In this past game week. <laughs> that is very true. 
They played Huddersfield. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you're looking in the next couple weeks and you want to try to make a little money to get to Kane, or you want to do make a little money to transfer someone else in, if you needed to go cheaper in the defender area, sure. And you already own Bednarik because if because you should own him if you need to be cheap in defense. Mm-hmm. There are some Newcastle defenders with their upcoming schedule, especially two out of the next three weeks, where they're home to Burnley at West Ham and then home to Everton. Newcastle at home always seem to play very well. Sure. And they're look, look at their results recently. They're starting to turn a coin over. They got a little mojo coming in with their new signing, and I'm just saying I'd keep an eye on it. Okay. Which defender are you recommending? Well, the one you own, Lejeune. I went with Lejeune only because he was only a four point four. Okay, but you could go with Char or Lascelles at a five four point six and be just fine. Okay, but to be clear, you're not expecting twenty one points, Fabian Char, Fabian Char. Sure, right? no, like no, 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 Cardiff a few weeks. No, ago. you're not expecting that. No. Okay, all right. Two things. Yes, Brian. First, I would just like to say again, over and over again, call me a broken record if you want. Color rating system is crazy. for matchups is poison. I know. It's broken. It, it's All of the thing. color should be green because green means yuck, and it's poison, and don't <laughs> look at it. And the, the reason why I say that is because you can look at Newcastle and see them as a green-rated matchup. Crystal Palace, the same. And Burnley would have been also. Have they been upgraded? Have they been upgraded to a, a gray? No, they are not. Because next match week, when Newcastle plays home to Burley, Burnley, they both get a green-rated matchup. Correct. Those are the exact... Crystal Palace, Burnley, and Newcastle would be my main arguments for put that down and don't pay attention to it. One, managers who know what they're doing. Right. Two, with organized defensive units who have played with each other and know what each other is doing. And three, got team clubs that are playing. They care. They all they all play well and they've played well much of this season. For now, they're all close enough to the relegation zone where they are putting in the effort to get away from it. Yes. That could change in about 6 weeks. Sure. And if and t- yeah, any one of these clubs take away, you know, give them one or two injuries back there. It, you know, if, if Tarkowski and me get hurt for Burnley, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not good for them. But, How, but your point is true. These are three clubs that are good enough not to be that far down the table, and they're going to put in the effort and show that they don't belong da- down there by getting some of these results yeah, at I, this point in the season I, to bring I, them back up. I have absolutely no issue, especially with Newcastle's schedule coming up. Crystal Palaces is not... Uh, it's probably not as favorable in patches the rest of the way. Sure. New, Newcastle's overall is excellent the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, but and Burnley, we already said Burnley has a couple of they have a couple of rough spots too the rest of the rest of the way. However, that's what you have five, five players for. Play the matchup. Play the play. Rotate the guys in and out. You probably already have Andy Robertson. You probably have you know Matt, Matt Doherty. You know. This is this is what the other guys are for. Yep. Play the matchups. I agree. Let's move on to a different Newcastle player that you have not mentioned yet, Dave. A little bit further up the pitch, just made his first full debut 
for Newcastle this past weekend. Mm-hmm. It was very impressive. Yeah. Now, he has not played a Premier League club yet, so let's reserve you know all of the praise Scott. a little bit here. <laughs> Huddersfield is not a Premier League club. Not this year. Anyway, Brian, Yo. because he is new to the league, he's not new to us in America, but he's new to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So we need you to teach us, just, just confirm for us, how to say his name in the segment we like to call How to Say with Brian J. Will there be music for this? Sure. I'm sure we could come up with something. If I were cool, cool already, I've already disqualified myself. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I would choose Miguel, the uh, singer. Miguel. Miguel. I've already given away. I mean, the yeah, guy's really first are. name is already. Right. It's easy. That whatever that new song is with Miguel and Travis Scott. Okay. And if not that, then uh, do something just with Michael Jackson. All right. You want to learn how to say this guy's name? Yeah, sure. Miguel. Yeah, yeah. He is always looking to give you that pass, and for a striker, that's exactly what you want. Having him behind will give us a different dimension. Those are the words of the official striker of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast from 2018, Salomon Rondon. Yes, Newcastle's Paraguayan January signing from Atlanta United has been impressive so far in his 98 total minutes. Only eight of which have been played in the Premier League. (laughs) Well, he played 80. I, but I know exactly. What I'm I know exactly what you're saying. Thank you for making me accurate. It was really cool to see Miguel bonding so nicely with his teammates versus Huddersfield. All of them apparently having a contest to see who could hit the woodwork the most. True. <laughs> Holy cow! Freaky. Since there's nothing fancy or weird about Miguel's surname, I'm just going to take this moment to say that if Miguel's arrival really does add a different dimension to Newcastle, you really do have to like a lot uh, what he brings to the club given the schedule like we said for the rest of the season just Arsenal and Liverpool remain of the big six in their last 11 matches so for a mere six dollars pounds it makes owning none other than Miguel Almiron not a bad idea Almiron 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 yeah there's an N on the end I know what it sounded like when Ron? I it is it a road R yeah a little bit if you want to get all Paraguayan Almiron. Yes. That's pretty good, Dave. Hey, listen. I loved watching that guy play. I agree with Scott. In the MLS I, with Atlanta United. Uh, the end of the how to say is I agree with Scott. <laughs> I definitely don't want to read too much into the stats here. Got you. Yeah. But Almiron, Almiron, and Rondon hit the post once each before Tommy Smith was sent off. Rondon had three shots prior to that as well. Uh, I think it could be great for Rondon and Iosi Perez. Iosi Perez was a was sharp. So, yeah. And on. Rondon also said, David. Let me know when the segment's over so I can talk. One more, two more sentences. Okay. Rondon also said, Miguel is struggling to speak English well. And when he does speak, it's an American kind of English with different words. <laughs> sure. Okay. Of course. So oh, it's, that's the ATL. It is. It's so a dirty, it's, dirty. So yeah. So it's better that we speak Spanish, <laughs> but football is a universal language. 
we all felt on the same wavelength. Yes. That is either the Huddersfield effect or the <laughs> or the Almiron or the Almiron yes. effect. I have a feeling it's still even if it is a little bit or a lot the Huddersfield effect. It's still really good. I mean that is great confidence. Rondon was already playing really well. Now to have somebody that he, that they all recognize like this is a different dimension for us. Sorry, Kennedy. Sorry, uh, Matt Ritchie, kind of. Yeah. A little bit. But Matt Ritchie was moved much. back. He was playing defense. Sorry, Christian Yeah. A lot of, I mean, those guys had their moments, but this is obviously, they sense that this is different. Alma, well, end of one. End of segment. You could talk now, Dave. Thanks, Brian. Yes. Hey, you forgot to mention, he's their club record signing. Oh, uh, yeah. I think $21 million is going to seem like a bargain. When all is said and done. Listen, this kid, and and I know that he was playing in the MLS, but I did actually watch Atlanta United games. You're, I watched. You're him. from there. I am. I am from Georgia, and so when when Atlanta United started last year, I decided, fine, I'll start watching some MLS, and I did, and I followed them. I have multiple friends, uh, season ticket holders to Atlanta United matches, so they lost in the the semifinals going into the finals last year, and then they. No, I take that back. They lost the finals last year, and then they went back to the finals this year, and they won it. Almiron is obviously a huge part of that. Atlanta's two big stars, and somehow they kept one. Joseph Martinez, who set the league record in goals, that guy can he could play. He could play in the top five leagues. Mm-hmm. I guess they decided to pay him some money. This is not in Atlanta. And Atlanta's fun. Atlanta's fun. Hey, what's fun is the fact that he said he speaks – the English he speaks is sort of an American English with different words. With different words, <laughs> I love that. Um, I, it will help though. So one thing I did notice, and this is the only thing I I, I have seen him play, he definitely likes to find one guy. At least uh, Joseph Martinez was his link up, mm-hmm. and really, really make a connection and play off one guy. And so if that, what I saw in the Huddersfield match was Iosi Perez. More than Rondon, and so I, feel, I mean, this is exactly why. I mean, they they played so well together in this match. But I mean, if it wasn't for Lursel making, well, you know, we talk Lursel in the post. If it, yeah, if it wasn't, and if it wasn't for the combined efforts of of Lursel and the and the woodwork, yeah, I mean, they they had twelve goals in him. I mean, this was like, and Perez, Almiron, Rondon all had. Three or four each. So I'll confess that I didn't actually watch this match, but I watched the extended highlights that NBC provided. And for the first seventy minutes, I the three were like if there was a word cloud for the commentary <laughs> of the extended highlights, the three words in the largest print would be Rondon, Almiron, and Perez. Yeah. yeah. Every highlight featured at least one or two of those three guys. Yeah. And, you know, there's just some people that have that personality type that extroversion within them to where they can be put into any circle, any party, and yeah. become the life of the party, become friends and connect with everybody. That kind of seems to be Miguel Almiron's personality on the pitch. I think it is. And I would have to say that as I look at who now to own from Newcastle in my FPL lineup, Almiron, you have to think about it's it. It's interesting. But at the same time, I am a current Rondon owner and loved the 12 I got here from him, and I feel great about keeping him to this point. And to your point about Iosi Perez, if I don't own Rondon, 
the reason why I would look at Perez is because you know, maybe if people start to realize immediately, like we did after one match, that this Almiron to Rondon thing is, uh, you know, th- there's something to that relationship yeah. there. If they start to focus too much on that, defenses focus on those two guys, that might free up Iozzi Perez to make something happen. Yeah. He did score six in this match as well. So obviously, you know, everyone, everyone looks more attractive after a win, right? And, and playing Huddersfield. After a well, win that, over Huddersfield. Look, I didn't own Rondon before this week. I brought him in for this exact reason, because they play because they play Huddersfield and Burnley back-to-back, and then they have a decent schedule the rest of the, you know, m- most of the rest of the way. I mean, that's the whole point. Rondon being po- 0.3 cheaper than Iosi Perez, is to me, is, is the, is the seals agree. the deal on that one. I agree. 5.8, and he just went up. I missed his price rise, which was really annoying. Mm. That one-tenth, man, that'll get you. But, no, I mean, for I think I think Perez is 1.1% owned. That'll go up. I mean, because uh, he's still... Perez? Yeah, Iosi Perez is, is 6.1. It, it's not going to go up, but it's not going to go up a ton. You're Rondon not going to recommend go- two f- Newcastle No, no, I'm, no, not right. saying that, and I agree with you, not necessarily owning... You know, Almiron or and and Rondon or Perez or whatever, but still, I mean, he is a consideration. I will say, Iozzi Perez does seem to get better towards the end of the season when expectations are at their lowest for him. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's true. If only we had a way of knowing exactly what we could possibly expect from goal scoring for Almiron, but yeah, yeah, and then there's that guy out there, Isaac Hayden, who's just hanging around at a four point three, <sighs> just throwing that out there. Absolutely, his last five, six, five, two, ten, and eight. Great, that's a great run for a guy that's four point zero 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 six dollars. Hey Scott, thanks for talking me into adding Isaac Hayden for Hazard this past week. What am I doing right now? Giving me the bird. <laughs> that's right. Anyone else on Newcastle that you'd recommend? At this that's point? a lot. Everyone. A lot of guys. That's a lot. Who else is there? Rovka. Newcastle <laughs> just got more time on the pod than they have all year collectively. Good. But you know what? Rafa Benitez has done something there. And I dare say that the most important thing that Mike Ashley, owner of Newcastle United, could possibly do, honestly, if he had any intelligence whatsoever, the newest club record signing in the offseason would be Rafa Benitez just to keep him here at Newcastle because, seriously, he is the glue that is holding him. He's the anti-Puel, endeared himself to Newcastle fans the moment that he stepped foot in the club. They 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 wanted the Rafa-lution, even with relegation. Good on you, Newcastle. Even if everybody hates the owner and, and it's a, a war between owner and manager, Good for Rafa Benitez to still be there. Before we leave what has essentially turned into a segment on the Hutter, uh, Newcastle 2 Huddersfield nil match, I do want to give out an award, an award that we will occasionally give out when uh, circumstances warrant it. It's the Brad Guzan Award for Courage. Yes. This is an award that's given out to a goalkeeper who's been particularly under fire. And that applies to the man that you referenced earlier, Brian. Jonas, 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 Jonas. My name is Jonas. Larsa. My name is Jonas. That's exactly how the song goes. Good job, Dave. 29 shots, 12 on target, two go in. That was a man under fire. And obviously, some of those shots, those 29 shots, 12 on target, the 12 on target does not include all those shots off the woodwork. 10 saves official. Yeah. Woodwork, four saves. Yeah. Yeah. 
Lursel and the Woodwork, uh, combining together to earn the Brad Guzan Award for Courage for standing in between the posts while being under fire. Congratulations, Jonas Lursel. Good job, Jonas. Now we need to turn our attention to a couple of guys who returned from injury. One is significant, and I know that you know already who it is that we're going to be talking about. The other one, a little lesser known, but still someone who we need to discuss as a true FPL podcast. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about a couple of guys returning from injury. First, Harry Kane. Yeah. Harry Kane comes in. Now Spurs lose 2-1 to one at Turf Moor against Burnley. Mm -hmm. But Harry Kane puts up eight fantasy points in his return. What do we say? What does this mean? What do we need to do moving forward as FPL owners about the return of Harry Kane? He didn't look too far off the pace. I can tell you what I've already done. I don't think. What have you already done, Dave? And I already, I already wish I would have done it coming in hmm. to this match. Except I didn't have the John Stones to do it. Okay. I'm guessing you uh, took Aguero out for Kane. Is that right? I turned Rashford into Kane. Oh. Okay. Well, just real quick, because there's a big money difference there. Tell us how you did that. Well, last week, I sold Hazard for Isaac Hayden. Aha. You referenced that earlier. So the Hazard money I had hanging out there. Okay. And you spent it on Harry Kane. Yep. And it made it. Game week 28 in the midweek. It made it a lot easier once Rashford had an ankle looking like a balloon. Right, Brian? That is, we can talk about that in a little bit. Yes, that is accurate. So. So you've got Harry Kane in your lineup. I do. I already used my transfer. I said, screw it. I had Rashford early. And so I had gotten 0.4. From his sale. Bedillion dollars. Yeah. From... Now I now I actually owned that money and technically I lost some of the money. Well, technically I didn't lose it because I never had it. Okay. But if I had to buy him back, you know, it would be di- more difficult. But if he dropped one tenth, which he's supposed to tonight, because a ton of people are selling him, that is true. Then I was going to lose a point three. So it it I was already thinking about it and that, that pushed me over the edge. Marcus Rashford has been sold by nearly fifty thousand FPL owners so far. The thing that I liked about Harry Kane is that, uh, first of all, three of his four shots were on target. Yeah. Two of them were inside the area. And then he forced the ridiculous save out of Tom Heaton on his one uh, long-range effort. Which was one concern. As we discussed this on our Slack workspace, I know that we mentioned that you know, starting, starting now, now that we have our Patreon page up and running, one of our tiers that you can... Uh, uh, access if you if you donate to our podcast is to get access to our Slack workspace. We had an amazing conversation during the week leading up to game week 27 about Harry Kane's return and do you bring him in right now? And a lot of the discussion centered around the fact that this first match, he's going to go up against Tom Heaton in goal. And that turned a lot of people away to saying, go ahead and bring him right into the lineup. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like that is pretty... I feel like that's conventional wisdom also, given that, you know, it's an ankle injury that he's had before. Uh, And yeah, I mean, the question is, how fit is he? And is he going to come in and play, you know, is he going to play the full match? I don't think anyone really expected him necessarily to play the full match since they come right back and play. I wasn't convinced he was going to start. Midweek, exactly. And so for him to come back, put in the effort that he did, actually get a goal, 
and, and we, the reason why I bring up the long range effort is because that's, I mean, that's where he's, I mean, he's putting force into that from distance. And yeah, yeah I mean, so you, you want to see that. Everyone wanted to see that. And I'm yeah. sure there are plenty of cane owners that wanted to see the ball go in. But at 12.4, Dave, you know, like you said, if you're not a dissatisfied Obama Yang owner, you're probably not going to get to him easily if you don't have him already. No. And anybody who had him who's still paying attention, I, I'm assuming probably moved him out the second that his injury was deemed serious enough. Now, Dave, I, I, before we leave Harry Kane and go to our other mystery returner from injury, I want to ask you, the fact that he did play the full 90, yeah. Ryan said, and the next game week is in the midweek, so their next match is on Wednesday at Chelsea, which who knows what that's going to yield. But even, even then, the fact that this match is on Wednesday, are you concerned now that you're a Harry Kane owner for that match? You know what Harry Kane does? He plays minutes. He starts every effing match. Yeah. Every match. Potch says he's a, the guy's an animal. That's what um, he described him as. Something he, else that you like, too. I mean, and look, most guys, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Most guys coming off injury will do the proverbial sub in right. in 90 minutes. You know what Harry Kane or sub does? sub out after 60. You know what Harry Kane does? He starts. He plays the whole freaking game. Well, and this is, and so I was going to say, uh, and we can loosely relate this to uh, to the Chelsea match on Wednesday, is that uh, the reports that were out there were that was that Kane was ready. He told Pochettino he was ready to play ten days ago. That he was, and that meaning he was ready to play against Dortmund, but Poch held him out in the Dortmund match. And so, I mean, I feel like that's a. Uh, a manager who tells his players what to do and uh, not the other way around. Interesting. And either, it, worked, it worked, too. Either way, good on them. I mean, that's an extra match of rest that that Kane got, a match that they ended up, you know, it's what a hilarious turnaround uh, from Dortmund to Burnley. What a, it's so just unreal. But, yeah, I agree, Dave. If I could do it, I would do it now. And And look... Like Brian, just to further your point on the color coded, it's got Chelsea as a, you know, four red. Yeah. And our, and a home match to Arsenal is a four red. And the the Chelsea match, even before today, was like, okay, what Chelsea is it going to be? Is it going to be the Chelsea that had yeah. six scored on them by City? Is it the Chelsea that had four scored on them by Bournemouth? So why should I be concerned about the Spurs playing Chelsea? Uh, and then Arsenal, look, the last time Arsenal played good, really good, was, was against Spurs, Spurs last yeah. time they played. And I guarantee you the Spurs have had this date, March the 2nd, circled for a long time for the next chance that they had against Arsenal because that was arguably Spurs' worst yeah, there, match of the There year. are goals in those matches. I, I'm not, I'm not so, worried. The only, thing that, the only thing that would be worrying is the, the tightening up. How much pressure are they? Because they're obviously feeling pressure. Who, uh, Spurs? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like today was a... I mean, that was boiling over. The, but we don't have to talk about that necessarily, but I'm just saying... You about Chelsea of, boiling over. I'm talking about Tottenham. I'm talking about Pochettino boiling over. Oh, I'm, ta I'm talking about the title, the title, like actual... We're actual title contenders. We needed to beat Burnley to, to have a realistic shot here. Yeah. That that pressure, I think, finally... I got uh, I think it finally exploded. 
uh, post-match for Spurs this week. Well, the fact that Liverpool drew against United and gained a point on Spurs in the table, Spurs are going to look at that result of Liverpool's and say, we missed the chance to gain two points on the league. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a huge, a huge loss. Huge loss. Let's turn our attention to another result from this past weekend. Leicester won, Crystal Palace 4. This is the result that earned Claude Puel a sacking as manager of Leicester City. Yeah. So let's talk about this and then what this obviously means for Leicester City players. The club has been somewhat down over the last couple of months. That's what led to Claude Puel losing his job. Uh, you know, We don't know yet as we record who's going to take over at Leicester City. We know mm-hmm. that the... You know, the odds makers are putting Brendan Rodgers as a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Uh, but it remains to be seen. In the meantime, are we going to see a new manager bump from anyone on Leicester City? I don't know. I mean, maybe. Here's the nice thing about it, right? Their schedule, technically, is pretty good for the next nine weeks. There was no hotter uh, instant team this past week in terms of get them in your team than Leicester City players. A ton of people took minus fours to bring Pereira in. I'm sure. I wonder. He was brought in almost 200,000 times in the last week. He was the hot commodity. I looked at it. Uh, He was just a little bit too expensive for what I wanted to spend, though. Yeah. And a lot of people figured that, man, this couldn't have lined up better. His form was really good. And he got them literally zero. Right. Got you zero. You'd have been better off not making the move. And sometimes that's just fantasy, you know. I am not as I'm not so much interested in the the bump as much as I I don't get the sense I do get the sense from at least from a couple places. Uh, Paul Doyle's article in the Guardian is one. Claude Puel's tactics were called into question multiple times. The fans were booing every time James Madison subbed off. Because he would always sub off early, and the Leicester fans would boo, and rightly so, I say. Right. So, if the fans are are doing that, you have the one of the lines from that article that was that I think is really important. It's uh, it's uh, talking about after after they beat Manchester City, which you think that's like a that's like a job preserving win. When I mean beating Manchester City at two to one in the you know at at that point it was. So unthinkable. But Harry Maguire, the quote that was pulled for this article, Harry Maguire said that it was there that win was made possible by an all too rare instruction to quote go toe to toe with their opponent. He said, Hopefully we can learn from that. I feel that's when we're at our best. Jamie Vardy clearly cannot be could not have been happy with the way Claude Puel was using him, the number of times anybody who saw him benched. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other question for that other than why? So Why is he benched? The best case scenario would be the Mourinho out, Ole Gunnar Solchar in yes. move, where they literally could go. Like I, I see something similar in the schedule where when Solchar came in, it was an, an amazing schedule, and they won like nine games in a row. Or yep. something ridiculous, right? Yep. Could ten Leicester un, ten, do that? Uh, Leicester has, there are 10 unbeaten. Leicester yes. has a great schedule upcoming. And if now that the manager's gone, anyone they bring in at this point, all you have to do is play 
play the players you have. Put James Madison in what he does best. Let Jamie Vardy do what he does best. They have great defenders. Pereira, Chilwell, Maguire, Johnny Evans. Yeah. Those are good defenders. And uh, we all love Schmeichel. Yeah. So like, they the, have the, the players. The I name- will say, though, there's always been something that's bugged me about Ben Chilwell, and I could never figure out what it was that inclined me to feel negative about him. You're jealous of his good hair. Well, then I watched The Mighty Ducks with my huh. kids. Okay. And I realized that it's Ben Chilwell's Emilio Estevez oh, haircut. Yeah, wow. sure. I I don't like it. Oh man! It you know to you know nineteen ninety five called Ben. You're you're such a hairstist. They want their <laughs> hairstyle back, bro. Like do something else let, with let it. He's man. so clean. Don't, don't, don't anyway, judge listen, a man just because of what, his hair. He's not in my lineup because of his hair, and I cannot believe that I'm the only one who's ever done something like that with their FPL line. You're a hairstist. Brendan Rogers is the. The name that has mentioned, at least in you know the Guardian mentioned it, BBC also suggested uh, David Wagner is one of the names that has He's been not going to be ready to has whispered. Uh, the other, the third big suggestion is wait a minute. If it big was Sam. David Wagner, big it was Sam. Dave, hold on. If it was David Wagner, you want to talk about falling up? David Wagner would be falling up. To get the job, you think Wagner receiving. would be falling up yes. to get that job? Yes. Yeah, would, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's. I mean, you, you, I mean, that's crazy. Um, the other suggestion was that they just find an interim manager and then hope that the beef between Rafa and Mike Ashley finally uh, boils over and Newcastle lets Rafa go, and then uh, they try to get Rafa Benitez over the summer. But um, yeah. I, I just, you know, it's funny because I, I did this monologue, you know, a couple of weeks ago for this podcast feed. Scott shot on. You know, managers and what they need to be able to succeed, not just tactics, but also the ability to manage their players. And uh, Claude Puel has never been good at that. He was never good at marketing himself at Southampton, and he was not good as uh, you know a self marketer at Leicester. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, for me, hearing that he's having issues with Harry Maguire and Jamie Vardy, and now. You you know we find out that he's been sacked from the club. You will never convince me that that's not you know, that, that that's coincidence. Yeah, you know that oh the two best players on the club are publicly making statements against the manager, and now the manager's just gone. Hey, are you going to call them divas like you did Paul Pogba for coming out against the manager? There's a big difference. Between oh, Jamie Vardy. oh, Jamie, Va- Jamie Vardy doesn't have his own emoji, Dave. Oh, how do you true. know? Paul Pogba does. Hey, oh, oh, like he told the diva police, "Hey, somebody make me an emoji." No, that doesn't happen. Come on, Dave. Hey, I just want you to be consistent. I am. Pogba's in his own category, bro. He's in his own category. But Puel had no authority at Leicester City. Just to go back to something you alluded to earlier, he had no authority in the locker room. Once, once McGuire and Vardy make those public comments. Well, it's gone. Yeah, and that's just, just the way I that mean, it is. Just hope that you know. The, I remember at the at the the bottom of the Claudio Ranieri uh, management time at at Leicester. You know, towards the end, you know, it was did the players turn on him? You know, is it in the locker room? Or are they just you know? Are they just are the players forcing managers out? I mean, is this is this just player power? You know, pushing out the guys that are there until they find somebody that they actually like? And you know, I feel like that's a 
I feel like that's a question that only players can answer. So. It's funny that you mentioned Claudio Ranieri because something that stuck with me over the last couple of weeks, and this will be the last thing I'll mention here. So Puel, you mentioned he subs off James Madison, he gets booed. Yeah, what? Heavily booed during this match. Why right? would he do that? A couple of weeks ago, Claudio Ranieri subbed off Andre Sherla at Fulham. Yeah. And the fans booed. And you know what Ranieri did? In his post-match comments, he directly addressed why he subbed off Andre Sherla. Saying that Sherla, no one knew this. He was part, you know, he wasn't obviously going to mention this prior to the match, but Sherla had the flu and he was not going to be able to play the full 90 physically, and that's why he subbed him off. He directly and immediately addressed his own club's yeah. fans' response to his move and had an answer for why he did what he did. That is, that's a semblance of leadership right there to do that. Puel would, that's unthinkable for Puel to be able to do something like that. And that's part of the reason why Ranieri, despite where Fulham is in the table, still has his job and Puel now doesn't. Maybe James Madison has had the flu three times in the last six weeks. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Vardy too, for, right? For instance. Yeah. No, Puel's best answer about Jamie Vardy and why he's been subbing him off was, I'm helping him prolong his career. Oh, thank you. What is that? Brian, you asked for a segment on striker strategy yeah. in this podcast. You know, we've spent some time on defense. We spent a little bit of time so far in the midfield, but now you want to focus up front. Tell us what you're thinking in well, terms of here, what our striker strategy should be. What I'm thinking is, first of all, uh, in a segment we like to call striker strategy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew, there, pew, pew, pew. There are so many seasons within the season, and I feel like uh, because of the turning of certain fixtures for certain clubs, because we've seen form change a little bit here, uh, and because we've had a we've had a big three striker uh, situation, and then there's everybody else. I feel like we've we've turned another corner here because there is a lot to think about, especially given like we we just talked about Harry Kane, so we we don't necessarily have to go back to him, but obviously now. Harry Kane is a consideration. He yeah. must be. I don't know who is just saying unless you categorically just hate the guy and I will not own him or he's too expensive or whatever. It's still Harry Kane, Dave, like you said, an animal who scores goals. He's an animal. I don't appreciate the dehumanizing tone of calling him an animal. However, I understand what you mean. Just using his own manager's words. Sergio Aguero, Dave. Tons of people are already buying him. He is the most purchased player ahead of this midweek fixture. Is this not a, a bit hasty? It is a bit hasty. Do you but not feel that it is a bit hasty considering he played approximately 5,000 minutes against Chelsea today? I know, but This Brian, is not a Carabao Cup podcast, but we do need to mention that that could affect his availability for the Premier League in like this we, upcoming right, well, game. Right, as an Aguero owner, I am absolutely concerned. And as a Raheem Sterling owner, I am concerned. They played, if you are an Eden Hazard, David Luiz, N'Golo Conte, Sergio Aguero, da uh, Raheem Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Kyle Walker, if you own any of those players, and all of those players are owned at least 10%, every single one of those guys played the full 130 minutes or whatever it was, plus, the, plus penalties. Yeah. And they have to turn around and play again on Wednesday. So Sergio Aguero being bought nearly 100,000 times after being one of the top transfers in. When he going, wasn't playing. Going into the blank week. Amazing. Just seems a little risky to me. Yeah. So, you know who everyone probably should be adding? 
Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Raul Jimenez. Listen, let's stay on Sergio Aguero. All the right. one thing for him is that Gabriel Jesus didn't make the squad for the Carabao Cup. Right. Pep had mentioned that he finished the FA Cup match against Newport with some kind of hamstring injury, believed not to be serious, is the way it was put. So, whatever Jesus's availability is for midweek could single-handedly impact whether or not Sergio Aguero plays. Or if they feel like they need Aguero at all. If somebody well, else couldn't just fill that role but, from one of the midfield players but Brian, they have. What they secured today was their first title. Right. They want four. Right. Pep By wants, title, you mean trophy. Pep wants a quad. <laughs> yeah. He got a trophy. They're going for a quad this year. Not a treble, not a double. They want the quad. Yeah. And I'm just... You you referenced this a few weeks ago when they were behind Liverpool. Right. They can't afford to drop points. Yes, they cannot. You afford- cannot afford to not play Aguero if he's if he's ready to go. Pep's got to look over him and go, hey, like everyone in that locker room has got to look at their own selves and think, okay, no one's repeated in the Premier League in like twelve years. We 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 have one shot to do this. This is our shot. Who's who's going to show up today? Yeah, right. I mean, that's what they got to do. And he's got to look over to Guerrero and go, hey, "Bro, you're going to do this. I need you to do this." Well, and that's so. That's exactly it. They they're in second. <laughs> they were not in second earlier today. They are in second now. Right. They need to win. Yeah. But Pep also reiterated his frustration with the. The grueling Premier League schedule this past week just blamed blamed injuries a little bit on the frequency of matches and the and all of this. So that's it. It's Manchester City. So he, you know, of course, managers are frustrated. Everybody's frustrated with players leaving for international duty or whatever it is. Like every manager is going to have the same gripe. However, I just feel like we are in this. They are a little deeper. Uh, I think the Fernandinho injury, depending on how serious the Fernandinho injury is and how they end up deciding to fill that hole in the midfield, in the defensive midfield, could, you know, who knows how that impacts players in front of them. Last time Fernandinho didn't play, they lost two matches in a row. It was Crystal right. Palace and Leicester. And West Ham is not necessarily, a, it's not a, that's no slouch. However,. If you're counting on West Ham to do anything whenever they go to Manchester City midweek, I'm not sure what you're thinking. However, I think it is worth considering because, you know, then you saw this week with with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang plays 90 minutes in the Europa League match against Bate. <laughs> Bate. <laughs> against, look, he plays 90 minutes is the point. <laughs> the The issue is... How Brian, many? Brian, you're so continental. He was so. Listen, we want to how to say bait. <laughs> <laughs> as, the pronunci- as the pronunciation guy on this podcast, I don't want you to diminish the, any authority Look, you might have on teaching no, no. how to say things. I just like a bat. <laughs> listen, <laughs> Aubameyang played 90 minutes, and yet there are plenty of places that are out there. People saying, Brian, Aubameyang played. Breaking news. Okay, play play the breaking news thing. Is that what they say? Fernandinho, yeah, has a little red triangle next to his name. Yeah, brand new. Expected back March 9th, 
which means he misses for sure the next two match weeks. Yes, that sounds about right. Okay. But, well, and it's the same with Laporte. It was Laporte and Fernandinho. The question was, he's, Pep said weeks. Pep said weeks. Brian, breaking news. Yes. Laporte has a red triangle next to his name. March 9th. Yeah. So that is that is in the week's length of timetable. The point with Aubameyang is one of the hot commodities coming in this week, for sure, he and Lacazette both. I think only Lacazette's price went up. But, Scott, you captained? Aubameyang. Yeah. Uh, League Drew captained Aubameyang. I, like everybody else who saw that, is terrified going into the week that Aubameyang is captain because right. that felt like the obvious right move of the week. I agree. For him to not play... And or Lacazette. I saw people captain Lacazette, and I thought the same thing. It's, I feel like that's a smart. I feel like it was a smart move. Yeah. Arsenal was one of the was one of the seemingly very obvious choices this week for alternative. If I would have been brave, I would have gone with who I vice captained. Coalition. But I was too chicken. What I'm saying is that with Obama Yang, you now have Europa League considerations here because Lacazette is suspended for In, both legs yes. of the Ren of, of both Ren matches. Yes, that's correct. So. Yeah, I mean, they have, right now, you have, we know for sure, they've got Bournemouth at Spurs, the first leg against Wren, five days after they play Tottenham. Then they play United, three days after that. Then round the second round against Wren, four days after that. So there's going to be some rotation in there, and I think it's going to come down a lot to what does Obama Yang do. There's only a few days between... Ren and United. So I don't know that you're necessarily counting on him there. I would count on him for for Bournemouth and for Spurs. I don't know much after, you know, definitely the next two after that, and maybe a little bit for Spurs just to, because they, I mean, is Arsenal going for it here, Dave? Are they trying to win the, they're trying to win the Europa League? Emery has won it before, and he's absolutely trying to win it. So they need, they need a striker, at least for the next two He did it this week. He had like five or six changes from midweek to to, to today. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think he's starting to set the ta- set the table up for that type of rotation going forward. Dave, the next question is: We've already touched on this. If Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's comments are are accurate, and Marcus Rashford's ankle truly was like a balloon post match, that they're going to have to wait and see. What would you put? Scott, also, what what percentage chance? Are you agree with the orange triangle? Fifty percent chance of playing against Crystal Palace midweek? No way. No. Zero percent chance. If no. it's truly, if someone saw it and said it looked like a balloon, there is zero percent chance he plays. Yeah. The only question for me as a Rashford owner is, do I go to Zaha, who's in form, or someone like Jimenez? So that's exactly the question. Then, so that so not only do you have do you have the money to go up? to Lacazette, to Aubameyang, Aguero, Kane. Right. But now you have Jimenez, you have Zaha, you have uh, Rondon, you have Ashley Barnes scored again, Chris Wood scored again this week. You have, I would say, if he's going to get the minutes that he got, Mishi Batshuayi, if, if he is truly going to get the this kind of playing time, He's another guy to consider. Yeah. I just think that there are so... What? 
You're laughing your head off. Uh, just, I mean, bats is a bit of a stretch. You think really? Well, let's be clear. 4-1-7 in, in his last three matches, which he is playing yeah. to get those 12 points in those three matches. But that's seven today, or yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, stroke of luck. Okay. I mean, he ran into the ball, which then happened to deflect into the net. Would you agree? Yeah, yes. Yes. Okay, that's, that's how it went. That's how he got the seven. So without that stroke of luck, we're looking at a guy who's you know, maybe eight points in three matches, and we're barely talking about him. I, I would definitely prefer the stability and uh, pace of Wilfred Zaha. Well, what I'm saying is, I feel like now there are many options less than Marcus Rashford, especially if you've bought Marcus Rashford recently. There, there, are, a significant, there are a significant number of cheaper options. Dave, you already sold Rashford. Scott, do you own Rashford? I do. What are you doing with him? Depends on the money, but honestly, Zaha... I don't know. Zaha maybe, but Jimenez has been in such great form. A lot of people own Jimenez and Rashford together. And Jimenez, yes, for sure. Jimenez has been But a, I'm keeping Rondon. I'm keeping Rondon sure. as my third forward. So I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm, you know, I would go from Rashford to either Zaha or Jimenez. It's going to be a game-time decision. If you have the money to go higher, do you do that no-brainer, no questions asked? To go higher? Yeah, to go above Rashford. With Firmino leaving Old Trafford on crutches yes. earlier today, the only option in my mind that's jumping out of me right now would be Lacazette. But right now, I'm going from Aubameyang to Kane as well. Okay. And I'm not going down to Lacazette from Aubameyang. But if you were, so if you have no premium striker and you have enough money to go from Rashford to one of the top, those big three, or you want to maybe throw Lacazette in there, you would do that, yes or no? I would say it's a, Having a premium forward is a good thing to have. Okay. You can make that move along with reducing your premium midfield by one. I'd say this is a good time to do it. We just mentioned why you don't maybe want Sterling for the next week or two. Man. Hazard, who knows what you're getting right now. Salah, we'll get to him, you know, but things haven't been great. The, the taste isn't great in your mouth right now with Mo Salah. I mean, that's, those are your big three, right, in the midfield. Yeah. So if you want to remove one of those three at this point to get a premium forward, I would say that's a great idea. So I do not own Jimenez. I feel like that is, I feel like because now the Wolves, you know, Wolves next, I think at least the next two, they are back into garbage town. They get to go to Huddersfield next week, and then they play home to Cardiff, which is a different, a little bit different because... Because of just the recent rivalry and the, you know, because of Neil Warnock and Nuno, Spirito, Santos. Uh, well, they had a little beef last year, but that we never talked about that. Either way, I, I mean, that one might not be as straightforward to me as, oh, Cardiff, Green, they just got lit up by, uh, you know, they just got lit up by whatever team who, who just smashed them. Watford. They just got smashed by Watford. I don't think that's really indicative of the way Cardiff necessarily have represented this this season. Either way, I feel like that's a very obvious move if you don't have Jimenez. What are you doing? I'm really not sure. With Rashford, because you own him. We all own him. 
I do own him, and I was planning on not making a transfer this week. And the other thing to consider, too, with especially with Manchester United, is the fact that they have double weeks in week 32 and then again in 35. So, you know, moving those guys on. But could you bring him back in 32? Yeah. At the very least, you know, it's, I feel like it's disappointing that you're not going to get Rashford. Again, at Crystal Palace, I don't think is a great matchup for Manchester United. I don't think it's a great matchup for anybody, honestly. Mm. But in two weeks, you know, what would be two match weeks playing home to Southampton? Man, is it going to stink if I don't have him in my lineup for that match? It, you know, or I would, I, that's where you want those guys. But they still have PSG to think about too. So, I mean, they have other concerns here. And, the, and getting so decimated by injuries, I feel like definitely changes, uh, changes their approach here for the next at least the next two weeks. That's true. More. If the club as a whole has to change its approach, it could affect Rashford's ability to put in fantasy points. I want to briefly go to Scott's stat of the day. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day! This, this week, the stat of the day is the number 3,000. 3,000? 3,000. Okay. 3,000 is the number of days between Ryan Babel goals. Oh, I thought you were going to let us guess. Ryan Babel? Who's that? <laughs> Fulham's <laughs> signing, who has made an impact for them. Has he? Has well, he done anything? Dave. Well, he scored. Dave, do you watch Do you watch these? He put in one goal, the one goal in their 3-1 loss at West Ham. He plays for Fulham? Could, could have put in a second had he uh, been ready to start the match. Yeah. Within about 45 seconds, he had a chance on goal. His first miss was uh, was a bit of a howler. Oh, that's well, that's pink hair guy. Oh yes, that's right, <laughs> yes, Dave. yes, exactly. The way everyone knows him, pink hair guy. I legitimately thought that the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award was ready to be given out thirty seconds after the game week began. Yeah, but in the end, it turned out that that miss didn't really affect the scoreline at all. West Ham did win three one. But I think it's worth pointing out that Ryan Babel scored. But it was the first time in the Premier League in 3,000 days. In fairness, he was not in the Premier League during those 3,000 days, that that entire time. But that's a long gap of time to go from one Premier League goal to another. Is this the guy who used to play for Liverpool? It is. How old is he? Is he 32, 34? If only there were a way. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he doesn't deserve any more time on this podcast. But he did score. He has made an impact. He seems to be the one guy on Fulham who gives a crap when they're playing. So, more credit to him. He's only five and a half, Dave. No, don't do it. All right, it's time for time to sell? Question mark? Ooh. Yes. All right, very briefly, I'm going to give you three names. Three names. Sell! That we've talked about, and you're going to tell me if the, it is time to sell these three players. All yes! Right? Are you ready? I'm going to go from least expensive to most expensive on this list of three guys. First first guy, number one, Ryan Frazier, Bournemouth. Time to sell? Question mark? I have held Ryan Frazier this entire time. That's only because of price, I'm sure. Because for the last six weeks... He has scored only two or three points. Yes. And today, I think today, I didn't count on a lot. Do I like that he got a two against Cardiff? No, because that was in the middle of the matches where you say, man, I hope he does something more here. Ryan Frazier still, no matter what else he has done or not done, has still created the most 
clear-cut chances, the most big chances. 17. Four more than Mo Salah and five more than Eden Hazard. He is still... He is still way up there in every single statistical passing category that there is this season. He had 15 crosses or something like that in this match. He finished with a bonus point. I mean, you got a three because he finished with a bonus point in a match that finished 1-1. So I am not, I'm not, I don't like his points, mm-hmm. but I feel like... You like his potential. The next two weeks... Arsenal and Manchester City. Oh, come on, man. It's time to sell. After that. Time to sell. In week 30, until week 38, there is not one matchup that you don't like, except when they play home to Spurs. And even that, you say, at least they get to play at home. You're not at least a little tempted by Jerry D? Scott. Roughly the same price. I, I am tempted by him, but I, but the same way I was tempted by Dale Afeu all all season long because of his role and because of what he was what he's been doing. Thank I, you for saying his last name. I'm thinking, who the hell is Jerry D? <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Dale Afeu. He's he's brown haired guy. Jerry D. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Scott. Also, yeah. I'm thinking like, all right. So if I, I don't own Fraser, but if I did. I'm looking at guys around his price that I would would want to go to. Rasharlison, um, no. Rasharlison, Milivojevic, yes. I don't know, maybe. Yes, absolutely, Rasharlison. Uh, Pereira uh, from Watford, no. Townsend, no. Brooks is hurt. Matinho, Conte, Madison, Decore. I'm sure a very. There's po- Jerry D. All right, hold on, hold on. I'm sure a few weeks ago a very popular transfer might have been. Ryan Fraser to Matinho. Matinho. Here's the problem with or or Jota. With Delafeu, I mean, what's address is twenty three points this past week. Yeah, we'll get to him. But, in the dream team too. But look, before that, the seven weeks before that, he had nothing. So no, I, I, I look I, good they, for good for you, Jerry D. Have a week. No, Delafeu <laughs> has been a consistent in terms of minutes. So you like that? He is playing a bit out of position. He's playing. He's playing. Basically, as a partnership with Troy Deeney, as a as a striker, so I do like his role and I do like his minutes. Was was anyone uh, three three people? Was that is that what the Premier League said? Three people, triple, triple captain, captain in this week. Dale Lefeu, the first the first Premier League hat trick for a Watford player. I think it was. Isn't that yep. what they said? Yeah. And also the highest total fantasy Premier League points for of anyone so far this season. Congratulations. That's yeah, outstanding. Massive day. But yeah. also I hope you bought a lottery ticket. Listen, I don't hate it at all buying De La Feu, But I, I wouldn't I don't like the matchups in that three of the ne- in the next three weeks. Can I but, tell you who I have in my lineup in the Ryan Frazier spot? Yes. Who I transferred him out for. I do have Matini as well, but the guy that I transferred Ryan Frazier out for, Dwight McNeil. Oh yeah. Burnley. Yeah. And we have mentioned him once on this podcast. Okay. And we got called out on social media, by the way, in the last week because we haven't mentioned him again since. And rightfully so, by the way. Uh, he scored more points over the last month and a half than Ryan Frazier has. And he's not come out of this lineup in his last two weeks for Burnley, 6-5. and a five. I'm excited about those points in my lineup from Dwight McNeil. Scott, you haven't asked me what I would do yet, and we need to move this segment along. Brian's taking up all the airtime. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sell him for Milivojevic. Salty guy. All right. And you know what? Luca Rule is in full effect right now for Crystal Palace. So Why that's not? a great idea. All right. 
Number two, is it time to sell Felipe Anderson, West Ham? He is not having a great stretch at this point. Felipe Anderson, in the last seven matches, only one score above three. That was an eight in game week 25 against Liverpool. Yeah, three bonus points and an assist in that match. And that's what got everybody really excited about this run of of overall really good matches in the next like seven weeks or whatever it but is. But he's coming off a two and a two. Is it time to sell Felipe Anderson? I don't I do not own him. Yeah. If I did I, I don't love the next couple weeks against City and Newcastle. After that you got Cardiff Huddersfield. I don't know. I, I think for seven point two that's a lot of money. There's a lot of guys that cost less that are producing a lot more. I think we've named most. And we have. I would sell. All right. Brian? I do own Felipe Anderson. I bought him specifically for this match week to play the Fulham matchup because it was the actual best matchup of anyone on paper this sure. week. Fulham. And, I, in, and In and, fairness, I did put him out on Twitter as a possible captain pick. And I captained him. Did you really? And it didn't kill my overall score, thank goodness. Yeah, but only a four as a captain. Yes. Literally anyone else on my team would have done better. Well, better than my Aubameyang, too. It still didn't stop you, first place guy. Hey, I scored 65 this week with, with Felipe Anderson as my captain. Well done. Should have chosen my vice captain, the actual best captain choice on my team this Rondon. week. Solomon Rondon. Yeah. I'm not playing him. I would prefer not to play him against Manchester City. After that, that run of four matches is why you have someone like him. I am probably not going to sell, but yes, I'm nervous. It makes me nervous that in a, in this match, like I said, if you told me that West Ham was going to score three against Fulham, I would have guessed probably it was a pretty good chance that Felipe Anderson would have something to do with at least one of them. Agree. And he didn't. And then he subs off early, too, which is annoying. All right, third and final name in this segment. Is it time to sell Mo Salah? He scored eight against Bournemouth, but his last four scores overall, which includes this past match earlier today as we record against Manchester United, 2-2, 8-3. You know the thing that I love the most about Liverpool-Manchester United this week? Tell me. They had the exact same possession statistics in both matches this season. Really? So Liverpool was 65.5% possession. First compared time. To Uni- yes, compared to 34 uh, 34.5% yeah. for United. In the first match, when Liverpool took 36 shots and scored three goals, Salah played as the number nine like he played he played up top uh and when they were still using him that way uh still did not score did not score in that match either in this match when liverpool only got seven shots and one on target mo salah finished with the exact same number of goals playing on the right wing this time so it was one of my favorite points. Like uh, this is the a roundabout way of saying it was one of my favorite points after the match when Robbie Robbie Musto was talking about how Klopp has moved and shuffled these this front three around multiple times this season to try to whether it's just for tactics 
purposes, whether it's just to just to get a spark or whatever it is. Uh, He's trying to keep it fresh. It'll and it's gonna. There it is a bit of a. It's there. There's a drag here. Yeah. Uh, and the, that was their big question: is can they play themselves out of this? Is this a training? Is this a training ground issue, or is this a a mental issue? Like, what's the holdup here? Four draws in the last five matches, and uh, and not a lot of goals except against Bournemouth. Yeah. Don't sell if you have him. Don't sell if you don't have him. Don't buy him yet. Ah, screw it. Go get him. <laughs> Go get him, well, Dave. Who who are you? I don't even know. Dave. I own him. I plan to keep him, but it is uh, an area. It's got to be an area of concern. He's taken up so much in your budget that you have to be concerned. You have to consistently ask yourself every week, is this worth it? So I get why we're asking the question. Especially because because everything is so straightforward with Liverpool from now till the end of the season, there's hardly a steadier club to own, to be maxed out on, because you're going to need them in blank weeks. They have no blank week. So I... I would be more. I would be more apt to try to find a way to get Mane and Salah back in, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. At the at the expense of either Allison or Robertson. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, but, exactly. And by the way, just to go back, when you say blank week, what you're referring to is the fact that there's going to be some more game weeks where, just like this past one, <coughs> some clubs are not playing because of the FA Cup now. Yeah. But Liverpool doesn't have that issue. They're out of the FA Cups. So they're going to play unless their opponent is not playing. But it seems like they're pretty much set for the rest of the season yeah. to play. So you want to keep those Liverpool players, if only because it keeps those players who are actually playing in your lineup. And they have, you know, of, of big six matches, they only play Spurs and Chelsea left out of every match from now till the end of the season. So this is, I feel like this is who you want. All right, forgive me, guys, but I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. Somewhat non-FPL, but you know everything comes back to FPL in the end. So if you'll bear with me for a minute, I want to talk a little bit again, one more time, about VAR. The more that my life gets busy mm-hmm. and our podcast picks up in terms of responsibility, the less of other types of football I watch. Mm-hmm. So I focus on the Premier League, but I have admittedly not watched nearly as much cup football this season as I have in years past. Yeah. And I've watched less Champions League and Europa League football than in years past. But I did catch some Champions League this past midweek. And I watched Atletico Madrid host Juventus. And gentlemen, I have seen the future. Mm-hmm. And the future is VAR. <laughs> you like it. In that match, we saw two uses of VAR both of which were used to perfection with minimal time spent. It was what expert VAR is supposed to look like Sure. in that match. Both of them resulted in changing pretty dramatic plays. One was a penalty call that turned out to be taken outside the box because the foul occurred outside the box. The other was a goal that was disallowed because there was a push to be able to make the goal possible. In both cases, we saw two different, slight, slightly different ways that the VAR uh, system was used, but it was glorious to behold. I have been saying for the 
pretty much the entire season off and on that the 2018-2019 season in the Premier League is going to go down in history as the season that didn't have VAR or as the season before VAR began because the clubs chose not to use it this season. They are going to use it next season, so the future is coming. But in the meantime, we can only hope that this season's Premier League champion is not based off of something that's going to make us wish VAR was here. And I got to be honest with you, I was not thrilled with this past game week when there were three and a half, yes, allow me to explain, three and a half calls where VAR would have changed what occurred in the Premier League. I'll start with West Ham Fulham. Mm -hmm. It took three different replays until anyone saw it, but Chicharito scored with his arm. Yes, he did. He really made it look like it was a header into the net. But VAR would have seen, would have, would have realized, would have caught him red-handed. Would have caught the fact that Chicharito scored with his arm, which is never supposed to be allowed. Fast forward to when Bournemouth hosted Wolves, Cavalero. His foul that he committed that led to the Josh King, the second Josh King penalty kick, that foul occurred outside the box. Now, Karma decided to step in and make sure that Josh King missed that penalty. So all was well in the end. It was unless, annoying. Unless you're a Josh King owner. <laughs> yeah. Brian told me about it. But Cavalero's foul was outside the box, and that was a identical situation as the one in that Atletico-Juventus match, that first time VAR was used, VAR fixed it in the Champions League. We don't have it in the Premier League. That penalty kick should never have happened. I'm pretty sure Josh Murphy and Neil Warnock at Cardiff wish that VAR was in effect right now because Daryl Yonmott got away with murder in the penalty box on Josh Murphy. Nothing was called. And you just wonder, you just wonder... I think the score was nil one at that point. Mm -hmm. I think Watford had scored a goal. the The final score ended up being five to one for Watford. But you just wonder if that penalty had been called, would that have changed anything about the dynamic of that match? There should have been a penalty. VAR would have caught that. And then I said three and a half because this last play would not have been reviewed by VAR. But honestly. Next season, when we have it, if this play happens again, I'm going to say VAR should be allowed for something like this. And that's the play that led to the Burnley corner that led to the first Burnley goal. If you look, you know, you know, it's not 100% guaranteed. But without VAR, if you just look at the replay of how the ball bounced out of play, as Vert I think it's Vertonghen, and yeah. I don't even remember who for Burnley, um, came together and the ball goes out of play. The ball bounces in the direction that it would indicate that the Burnley player touched it last. Yep. There's no actually fit like physics makes it impossible for the ball to really come up Vertonghen and to go in that direction. But yet Burnley gets the corner. Burnley scores on the corner, and that did affect the result of this match. Yep. Four different calls in one game week that didn't even have a full slate of matches. Yeah. And we had serious issues. Now I'm not I'm not here to bash the referees necessarily. I was actually thinking about this on the way here, Dave, before yeah. we started to record this. Common sense 
seems to lack in so many places. Especially well, referees, first place. Sure. <laughs> I'm 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 into basketball right now. I'm okay. a big I'm I'm into all sports, sure. so it's basketball season right. right now. You know, it's funny that you know basketball. We get three referees on the court for a sport played on a basketball court, occupied by ten players at one time. Right. And yet soccer says, you know, we have this massive pitch with 22 players. So true. But, but one referee is enough. We'll just have one guy out what there. What the fuck? <laughs> yes. Am I right? Preach. All I've got, in addition to this one referee, are these two guys that run up and down the touchline looking like fools with flags. That's all I get. Sorry, Andrew the ref. But that's all that we get in addition. And the referee never, almost never goes to them. And when he does, it's always controversial. Well, they have re- they have microphones. Sure, and it goes, you know, and they, they there's a fourth official. And, yeah, of course. But but ultimately, who makes the call? It's always the referee. Why not at least have one other main ref on the field? I've been saying this for years. You know, I'd even be okay if we got rid of the assistant referees assistant referees the the guys running up and down the touchline P- create a zonal system on the pitch keep a referee behind the play on each side at all times no 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 you don't you'll even get need, the offside calls you don't even need that you, the same system that tells you whether or not the goal uh, it crosses the goal line every time the ball goes out that system can say well no no cuz that's not true it will tell you when the ball goes out but it doesn't tell you who touched it last but still if you have two or three referees still to your point if you have two or three referees on the pitch. You can create a zonal system to where you've got a referee on behind the play on each side of the pitch and then one in the midst of yep. it. And you're going to be able to spot. A lot more. The same things you're getting with the two referees who are just t- running up and down the touchline. With referees who have the full ability to make the same kind of calls that the one referee that we currently get has. So in addition to F- uh, FAR, VAR, this is what I want. All right. Clearly after this past week of Premier League matches... This is also what we need. Which leads directly into my manager quote of the week. So manager quote of the week this week came from Neil Warnock. Great. That, you know, Neil Warnock of Cardiff is, I mean, he could dominate this segment every single week. We know we this. We could name this if the it's Neil not, Warnock segment. If it's not Warnock, it's Sean Dyche because he says the weirdest things, Sean Dyche too. But Neil Warnock tends to just say controversial things. This week, well, he kind of did again. And this is directly about that Josh Murphy non-penalty call with Daryl Yama. When everyone from the opponents tell you, and deep down I think all the officials knew really, that's he's saying it was a penalty. Everyone on Watford, he said, even Troy Deeney, he said, told him it should have been a penalty. But then he says, I think the referees guess a lot of the time, (laughs) and you can't do this at this level. Oh, man. Can I tell you what? Crazy Neil... I don't think he's wrong. Yeah, he might not be. I would not be one to judge. But I but, also wouldn't be the one to call him Crazy Neil. But I would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's blitz through the game. Uh, 27 Dream Team. I think we've mostly talked about these guys already. How could you not, given all the storylines? But we have a 3-4-3 formation here, Dave. Your goalkeeper is Allison from Liverpool with 10 points. Keep him in your lineup. Your three defenders all scored eight points. Robertson at Liverpool. He's mm-hmm. a staple. Kolasinach. No. Kolasinitz at Arsenal. Dave, you're you're imploring all of us to bring him in. He also scored eight. 
It's a job. Finally, Dave, one of your West Ham defender picks from six months ago comes through and shows up on the Dream Team. Yeah, that's uh, I got nothing for that. Good job, Dave. Yeah, well done. Uh, our four-man midfield, led by Jerry D., Gerard De La Fe, 23 points following his hat trick against Cardiff. Good job, Gerald, for scoring as much as you have most of the season. Gerald. Good job, for the three people who triple captained him. Yeah. You were crazy until this game week actually yep. got played. Henrik McTarry and Dave Arsenal, 14 points. You Dave, didn't talk about I was going to ask you about that. Are, do you do you care at all that Henrik McTarian had a really good week this week? You guys can talk about him all you want. You're not buying him. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, does does it matter to you? Do you feel like this is something... As fantasy-wise or Arsenal fan? Do you feel like it's repeatable, or do you not care because it was Southampton? What's or do you weird? not care because it's your club? So out of out of Mictarian's four goals he's scored this year, three of them have been against Southampton. <laughs> okay. So I don't know what that says. He wishes he could play Southampton more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The Luca rule is in full effect. If you don't know what that means, you haven't been listening to our podcast for at least a year. Because the Luca rule means that you put him in your first spot in your bench... On weeks where he's guaranteed to come in and give you points after scoring a penalty kick goal. He did that here. He shows up in the Dream Team. Nine points for Crystal Palace. And then Isaac Hayden of Newcastle. We mentioned him already as well. Eight points here. Isaac Hayden getting lots of love on the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. Our three-man front line starts with Troy Deeney. Yep. 15 points for Troy Deeney. Add he obviously to, scored a brace here in this week as well. Add him to the low price list for all I care. I have no interest in bringing in Troy Deeney. All right. Not with all the other options that are up. I'm just saying. Which include Wilfried Zaha, 13 points. Great week. Solomon Rondon, 12 points. Great form. Both Dave, guys. I dare say this is one of those weeks where the dream team for the game week features more than half the guys in this dream team you could easily bring into your FPL lineup. Agree, it, especially because like there, there's no City, no Liverpool, there's no Spurs, there's no United. You know, like there's a lot. The, like the top six clubs are not representative there, save Kolasinac. I guess McTarian. I guess you're right? forgetting about Allison and Robertson, but but that's okay. I guess I, no yeah, attacking. I, I was thinking uh, yeah. offensively. Yeah. You're it's, right. it's a discount dream team, but all these discount guys you could easily bring into the back end of your midfield and forward. A lots. lot of these guys. Have produ- have been producing and are would be good ads. That's rare for most weeks. To your point, I think what you meant to say is that because there's no City or Chelsea players, or maybe even an Everton player here, there's room for them to come into the dream team and be noticed. I, I didn't mean that, but yes, that point is probably valid as well. I was just saying it just it just seemed void of top six players in the offensive positions. Shh, that's very true. I'm going to give out my honorary meaningless fantasy half point. It's going to go to the Bournemouth groundskeeping team. Yes. The sprinklers were probably the highlight of everyone's week. (laughs) Who didn't get a good laugh when the sprinklers came on in the final minute of stoppage time in that crazy match that was Bournemouth v. Wolves? Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. It's it's always kind of fun to see. Yeah. All right, Dave, you want to talk about what's coming up in Game Week 28. We really should talk about this. Now, I'm not entirely sure when this pod's going to be released. It could be in the midst of Game Week 28. But this Game Week is going to be played in the middle of this week with Tuesday and Wednesday matches, short turnaround time for all the clubs involved. But it is going to be all clubs, so all 20 clubs will be in action. The highlight of the of the midweek 
uh, game week 28 will be Chelsea versus Spurs. That'll be at Stamford Bridge. But it'll be also interesting because while that match is going on, Liverpool is going to host Watford and City's going to host West Ham. So you've got three matches all played at once that are going to have a, a dramatic effect on the Premier League title race. I think, look, everyone out there has been reading strategies on what to do upcoming with the blanks and the doubles. And I'm just reserved. That I've, I've seen and read so many good things. So many smarter people have come up with amazing strategies. And you know what I'm just going to do, dumb me? What you I'm do? just going to, oh, what's the next week? Okay, figure it out once I get there. It's so many things you could possibly try to do. It just is mind-blowing and exhausting. And I have gotten to the point in the season where early on I was taking a lot of minus fours, but now I've turned the corner. I got a crap ton of money. I can get the players that I want to get. And I'm, I'm not taking minus fours. I'm just not, unless I can guarantee, like, I felt pretty good this week. Huddersfield wasn't going to score against Newcastle. Yeah. But still, it only got me two points. Right. Yeah. So the it's end. a major risk there. That's right. Anyways. And double game weeks, you know, I've been on record as <clears> saying <throat> that those are those are like the, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like, usually they promise more than they actually deliver. That's and fair. so if the only guarantee is that when a when a club is not going to play in a game week, your guy is going to score zero. Yeah. That's the only guarantee sure. that that exists. When a, there's a double game week, oftentimes what that means is your guy might play maybe 105 minutes yeah. at the yeah. most, and you might luck out with an extra point or two. But but quite frankly, double game weeks typically do not pan out. Those are like. Those are like buying a lottery ticket and hoping that you win the jackpot. I'm going to be keeping my eye on the matches of who's going to be having double match weeks and or teams who will be playing every week and won't have blanks. And over the next couple of weeks, using my each of my transfers to try to bring in one of those players that's producing. I'm not going to bring in someone who's not a good, who's not worth it. By the way, we talked about this in our last pod too, about matchups that can be too good. Because rotation is an issue. So, you know, for instance, Huddersfield hosts Wolves. There's no guarantee that Nuno might not sit a couple of typical Wolves starters because they're going against Huddersfield. Jimenez might sit and rest that week. Wouldn't that be terrible if right. a bunch of people brought in Jimenez? Absolutely. That could easily happen easily. because, honestly, Wolves don't need the points, to be honest. And they're going against Huddersfield. It might be better to sit some of those guys you know, and rest them for when you are playing at home against Cardiff. And you would typically sit your players on the road more so than you would at home. Meanwhile, Southampton hosts Fulham. So if you do have a Saint, if you, for whatever reason, still have a Saints forward, yeah, you know, they're probably going to play at home even though the matchup is against Fulham. Yeah. Very interesting. It's it's an interesting time of the season. you got to think about tactics. you got to think about these matchups. But I agree with you, Dave. I'm going week to week myself. I'm just waiting for the perfect moment where it's like, yep, bench boost, here we go. I'm at that point of the season where I'm ready to hit the button on bench boost once I see the matchups are all just, they all fall into place. Yeah. Hasn't happened yet. But if it happens <clears throat> in game week 28, it's not conventional wisdom. You don't want to necessarily do that in a midweek when you could have more rotation than normal. But hey, if the matchups are good, you know, then maybe, maybe you go for it. In a perfect in a perfect world, you'd love to use a bench boost on like a double match week when you got 
a lot of guys going. Not for me, because of what I just said about. No, I know. I mean, I'm just saying, just to give yourself more of a chance. I mean, there's a chance. Anytime you use any of the chips, it can backfire. The thing that stinks about the double weeks this time, or so far, they're not. There's not really great overall. Where it's not anything that's like a a, a, where you look at it and you say, "Oh yeah, definitely." City has one where they play like Fulham and Cardiff or something. City. City's double week that they've got at least the one that they've got in week thirty five is Spurs and United. So there's nothing there's <laughs> nothing that you like about right. that. No, that's true. And not that they can't they're not gonna score goals in both of those or that they can't score goals against anybody, but like of all the matchups that they could have as a double week, like to have those matches four days apart, like it's not great. No. So and and they still, you know, the rest of the schedule for them is is fine. It's fine the same way that Liverpool's is the rest of the season. It's just that one of those one of those matches comes in a back to back. That's it. So even like Wolves at their double week and some of the other, you know, some of the other clubs that have you know back to back matches. It's just like it's. I don't know how much it's really going to be worth it. And and then you know one of the one of the ones that you kind of you wouldn't mind having if Manchester United is going to play back to back. I mean, even theirs. I mean, the, they're going to have, they, you know, week 32. They play Watford at home, and the, and then they're at Wolves. So, fine. Not, like, the greatest. You'd rather have guys that are going to play in that than maybe not because they can definitely score there. But it's not like, it's not like the, you don't look at that and say, like, oh, yeah, definitely. Someone's getting triple captain in that one. You know what I mean? So and even the in week thirty five at at Everton and home to Manchester City, you like one of them, don't like the other one. So, yeah, I agree. This there's been pre- years past there have been double weeks where you look at it and you say matchups are great, situation you know situation looks is really good for that club or whatever. I don't see it so much this year. So, I agree with you, Scott. But I can't stress it enough. Your pick of Florian Lejeune against Huddersfield worked because Newcastle needed the points. But if you have a top-half club, a player from a top-half club that you own going up against Huddersfield, that player is just as likely to sit because Huddersfield is not a Premier League club. They're already not. Like I know it's not mathematically impossible yet for them to stay up, but they're not a Premier League club. And so you have to be careful with a guy like, you know, Pogba and Rashford from United, or your your you know Son and Kane and Erickson and you know whoever from Spurs, or you know, I'm just starting to name players from top six clubs. If the top clubs are playing Huddersfield, and like I said, just Wolves, you know eighth place I think they are Wolves in the table. It's not a guarantee that all of the first team players from Wolves are going to play against Huddersfield. So you just have to be careful about the situations in which these matchups are taking place as we get towards the end of the season. Dave, we're there. Yeah, we did it. We made it to the end of the pod. One more shout out to our new Patreon page, patreon.com slash FSFC. If you'd like to become a monthly donator to our podcast, we would be absolutely grateful for that. Uh, it would simply be recognition of the fact that we're trying to put out good FPL content that's also fun and entertaining along the way because that's all that our goals have been as we've, gotten, as we've done this podcast since we started a couple of years ago. Um, and so we'd be grateful for you to check that out. But we're also everywhere else that you can find Fantasy Soccer FC, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We try to keep all of those things updated at least on a weekly basis, along with our website, fantasysoccerfc.com. Great job. 
Hey, for the Fancy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time, 